0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. Um, Hope you had a great holiday season. We all did. It's been a little bit wild our way, but it's been uh, it's been good. Um, We're happy to be rolling in the new year here. It's hopefully 2023 is a good year for all of you listening um we're we're hoping for the same for ourselves and uh yeah thanks again for uh for tuning in i know it's been a few weeks so um we've got a great episode on tap today we've got an awesome guest alton jones jr had a great chat with him um he's he's a really good dude he's got a lot of great insights and uh you know had some pretty cool stories too so uh, make sure uh, you guys stick around for that interview but before we do that let's run around the table discuss a few topics and catch up so nick we'll start with you man
1: yeah it feels like i haven't seen you guys since last year it's crazy oh. um been a long time dude there's nothing better than the corny new year's jokes there's there's about 10 of them that are just oh there's just, a lot
0: of things better than that
1: i don't think so i think you get lost in the weeds of things that aren't good but at any rate <laughs> here i am and here we are and it's always good to see your smiling faces um as funny as we came on laughing because we're so high tech on this podcast that we just keep one long Zoom call going and we all have to be quiet for like four seconds so Josh can find the end of one and the other. Rob and I were totally caught off guard and both like panicking, thinking like the internet went down or <laughs> something and it's slide Josh trying to <clears throat> implement our high tech skills. So that's hence the laughter to start, but everything's good, man. We've navigated pneumonia, influenza B, strep, Syphilis, who knows what all has gone through our house, but we're uh, we're alive and still standing.
2: <laughs> How does that not surprise me?
1: <laughs> I, dude, that's good. That, that because we have such low standards here, we like corny New Year's jokes, so we have oh. low immunity. I uh, out and I'll talk about the historic cold front that went through Texas. And I will just briefly say so. I have a couple of real estate things in Missouri, in Illinois, and I have to text you guys the pictures. Thank God no one died. First off, like we had some tense moments there where like some of the folks living in our properties had like no electricity, i.e. no heat. And it was like high teens, low 20s in their unit. So mm. it was it was touch and go around Christmas. So thank God everyone is is OK there, but Dude, I had a toilet, like the water in the tank of the toilet froze completely solid. It was like a block of ice from the grocery store. I mean, like everything. That's crazy. Frozen solid. So,
0: yeah. Gosh, so, what a mess, dude. So, I mean, how's your like, Like, what are you going to do when you go over there? Like, what can you do?
1: Well, you know, ultimately, like there's some. She going to fire up
0: the Mustang right now, dude.
1: I went no, dude. We're we're minivan people, so the minivans getting ready to to leave the train. The the Hellcat just is on jack stands at this point, but yeah, uh, you know, there's stuff you can do. You throw heaters on the um, water lines and just pray. Right on. And we pulled that off, so yeah. So swing it over to Rob, and then I have something funny to tell you.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. While uh, while the uh, minivan cranks up and blows out the garage here, let's get it over to you, Rob. What's what's new your way, man? Uh,
2: not a whole lot. Just um, survived the holidays, and we're on to twenty twenty three, which is uh, should be a good year. Um, Boyd ended up shooting a deer the other day. I don't know if you guys saw I that saw on Instagram. That. Nice or not. man. So were you there? Yeah, what's that?
0: Did you end up going?
2: I did not. So it was kind of a proud dad moment though, him and one of his buddies that uh, he played baseball with when he was like 10 to 12 years old. Uh, they're still good friends and they went out and he shot his first, uh, his first archery buck, which was pretty cool. So. Oh man.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats to boy. That's awesome.
2: Yep. So, it's it's uh, hard
0: to shoot an archery buck, isn't it, man?
2: It is. It's tough. I mean, he's been trying for years and just, you know, little mishaps. Here and there, and you know, he he had fun doing it, but he you know had no success up until this year. So, it's um, you know, in Arizona, you're dealing with with spot and stock mostly. So, I mean, you got to figure out how to get that deer to walk in front of you, or how to get close enough to shoot it. And
1: because how uh, close do you have to be? I mean, you're not sitting in a tree stand in Arizona, so that's like
2: some guys do. Like oh, okay. there's situations where they do, but not like in the desert. You don't do that. Yeah. So desert it's all spot stock he shot it at 42 yards so pretty good poke but uh he's been practicing a bunch and yeah i was super happy for him it's i think it's funny people think that i wasn't there was like a bad part but it was the best part of it that pretty interesting that's cool man yeah you teach your son to go do stuff like that and they pull it off so it's an alton jones
1: jr experience right like even not quite that caliber
2: i mean boy doesn't have a hundred thousand dollar and a fifty thousand dollar check behind him (laughs) <laughs> no dude well i'll tell
0: you dude that, well just hearing about and i'm not a hunter at all but like just hearing that he's been doing it forever and this is his first one and, and hey i've got a neighbor down the street that hunts he, he is a good friend of mine he, I, I swear he's told me he's been pro- he's probably had 500 um bow hunting trips over his life and he's been successful twice
2: yeah i mean Man. that's, that's you insane have to enjo- dude yeah you have to enjoy the process and what's so many people think like, Boyd's run into this a bunch with, um, you know, maybe just just people in his life, like, especially guys on the baseball team. He'd be like, hey, I'm going hunting. And they're like, ooh, you know, like, he'll come back and he didn't get one. And they're like, oh, man, you, you must suck. really suck. Yeah, because, like, they just think you go out there and kill stuff. And there's a lot of anti, <laughs> anti-hunters that really believe that we just go kill stuff all the time. It's just so easy. You just go out and kill stuff.
1: Murderers. And,
2: yeah but it's not it's not like that so anyhow oh, yeah. um cool. that was a cool situation and uh yeah other than that i'm just looking forward to 2023 uh, again this time of year i'm looking forward to the little warmer weather here i love the cold weather but the fishing just is definitely below average and this year has been seems worse than normal so no but, kidding
0: yeah well right on that's great stuff man and yeah this this it's been uh we love a good winter here in Arizona cause we don't get it. So like, Hey, it's been raining and cold and I mean, I'll yep. take it, but yeah, it's just, it's not been good for the fishing overall, you know, and the water we're getting in the lakes is good long-term, but it's made for one of the tougher winters that I can remember fishing wise too. And yeah. you know, man, if it's, if it's tough for us to get out and fish, it's even tougher to guide, you know, oh, I mean, it's just very, think about yep. you go out there and you bust your butt and you catch 10 fish with your buddy, who's a good fisherman as well. Imagine putting two people on your boat that don't fish much <laughs> and trying to get them to catch fish. You know, it's yeah, like because it
2: it gets so much more specific on on you know you you got to make a thousand You're casts casting. an inch away from the bank, or you have to you know see them on the live scope out in front of you and drop your bait right on their head. And it's just it's challenging, but whatever. I mean, it's I guess it makes it that much better when when it does come together. But <clears throat> you
1: just got to really sharpen your lunch and joke skills to yeah, uh, yeah. book end the day. right for sure the lunch is right yeah
2: (laughs) yeah but but the what's the what's great about this winter and the amount of rain we've had is um i'm i already talked like i already have an elk tag but i I think i have enough uh, (laughs) bonus points to draw an elk tag this year and if that's the case it's going to be a fantastic year for elk and for all the wildlife they just they're just going to grow big and be healthy so it should be good Mm.
0: I like it, man. I like it. That's good.
2: Um, how about you, Josh?
0: Oh, um, you know, for me, anyways, it's been a nice, it's been busy, but not busy at the same time. You know, I've been doing a lot of busy work and getting stuff done, but I've been home a lot. So that's been good. Um, you know, had a handful of fishing trips. Um are two of the biggest sports riders in, or bass fishing riders out there. Um, one of them happens to live in Prescott, John Johnson from Bass Fans. So I was lucky enough to take him up to Roosevelt last week. Um, and then Jay Kumar from the Kumar's Bass Blaster. We we mentioned Jay all the time on the podcast. Um, him, you know, we get a lot of our, our just, you know, stuff to talk about through his Bass Blaster blog, just like our buddy Dave Rush with with his online blog, Best on Tour. You know, they just have interesting stuff they talk about. But Jay took his son on a just a trip. They live in New Jersey. Um, his son's in college. So, um, you know, took his son to check out Arizona for a couple days and got to take them and show them our extremely mediocre fishing at Lake Pleasant. So, uh, but it was fun. Uh, both of those days, um, you know, good, good holiday with the family, wife and kids, and just hanging out, uh, hanging out with my parents too. And then, um, One last thing I do want to mention uh, before we get into our topics too, and I know Nick's got one more funny story, but um, our buddy Rob Smoke, you know, if you follow me on social media, you saw the raffle that we had done. Um, we raffled off a guide trip to try to, um, you know, help raise a little bit of money for Rob and his family. Just to, they're going to incur a bunch of costs over over the next years with the accident he had. Rob fell off his roof. Um, landed really awkwardly on a pipe broke all of his front and back ribs broke his back um he's you know he's he's in rough shape so he's he's a a local tournament angler a good friend of ours and you know everyone in the local tournament scene really loves loves rob he's a great guy so um we we did the raffle that's over now but if you're still you know if you know rob and you'd like to help um you can go to my facebook page and go to my original raffle post I've got the link to his GoFundMe on there. Um, you could also just search Rob Smoke on GoFundMe and probably find him that way. But if you can't find him that way, go to my Facebook page, my Joshua Transfishing page, and uh, find it in the comments there on my raffle post. But, um, anyways, just a shout out to Rob and his family. Um, he's home, and uh, you know things are, albeit very uncomfortable, under control right now. So that's good. Boom.
2: Yeah, and props to you, Josh, for uh, heading that up and and what a great idea it worked out really really well so yeah
0: it was Oh, thank you man it was super super easy and the winners you guys the winners of this uh ken romata was the winner of the raffle um which nick got screwed nick bought the most tickets out of anybody and he didn't get drawn but um ken Romata won this contest and he's bringing matt shura as the guest
2: (laughs) no yeah dude we're going
0: fishing on the ninth so (laughs)
2: That's you better hilarious. put some
1: microphones on the boat and just shoot an episode either before or after the day. I think yeah, it'll be unbelievable. It. I should That's film amazing. It. But
0: I've known Matt for uh, twenty plus years and I've never fished with him. So they're they're really good friends. And Matt had <laughs> don't show him anything, too, but yeah, <laughs> community holes only.
2: <laughs> yeah, just go sit in the middle of the lake. <laughs> you're no, no. like man it's tough huh
0: <laughs> yep 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 just go down the bank drop shot and they're sitting in the middle of the lake
2: That's <laughs> no we're
0: we're gonna have fun it'll be awesome you know if, what a uh, fun day yeah yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to it so when he when ken and ken sounds like a great guy but when he said i'm ringing mad i went holy crap <laughs> awesome man here we go this will be great
1: That's what happens, dude. Good deeds beget more good experiences. It's just the laws of nature. My uh, good buddy had a client appreciation day one time, and he had a raffle, and they had like amazing prizes. And it was like, I've just learned that raffles are totally fixed from the jump. So I knew I was going to lose even though I had 99% of the tickets. I didn't have that. But he was funny, dude, you could tell as he was picking names for his raffle I was like, that's probably a current client. That's probably a current client. It's like, <laughs> Come on, man, like, at least let me win like the $5 gift card to Starbucks. Nothing. It's like oh, this is what you get for being someone's friend and not their actual person who's watering their tree of business point taken.
0: Well, hey, dude, prop it. It's all good. Your buddies, fun. anyways, dude. I'm sure he appreciated you getting yeah. tickets, as did I. So, yeah, uh, no, is. it's
1: all good. And seriously, hopefully, Rob is uh, on his way to recovery. I can't even imagine what that would look like. So, I'm sure it sucks. Yeah. And uh, just hopefully, everything just goes as smooth as it can because that's. You know, I get carried away sometimes on a ladder. I'll be changing furnace filters or something or like reaching for an overhead storage rack in my garage and I get a little carried away and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, There's a good lesson there,
0: dude. For dude, sure. one
1: moment of carelessness and I will be sadly regretting it. So not that that at all applies to what's going on with him, but it just is like, yeah, that's, I just hope he gets better soon because that's uh, that's a tough card.
0: No doubt, man. Right on. Well, well, hey, I don't uh,
1: have a funny story? Yeah, let's turn let it me- over to that, dude. On a lighter note yeah let me read you uh my brother-in-law and sister came from my birthday i uh, i just recently turned 26 and uh had a just a wonderful birthday celebration with my brother-in-law and sister but the best gift i was given was the lyrics to this song that i had never heard and i'm gonna read them to you and then see if you can guess who this is uh the song is by it starts with felt a pang late one afternoon i was fishing off mere beach with larry lalonde Grabbed a tuna salad sandwich, and I started to chew. Pretty soon, Lair's yelling, fish on. I was just a little pup, and it was derby day. It was Dad and me and Daryl out in San Pablo Bay. Taco-flavored Doritos and my orange life vest. Dad caught a a 100-pound sturgeon on 20-pound test. Now, he fought that fish for about an hour and a half. Daryl would say, jump, you sons of a bitch, and he grabbed the gaff. When we got him in the boat, he measured six foot long. I was so dang impressed. I had to write this song called Fish On. I was blown away by the greatness, and you just have to listen to it. So go to Spotify or something because it's, do you have any guess who that is? No. No idea. Dude, it's Primus. You know, Primus is from the <laughs> no 90s. Way. Yeah, dude, yeah.
0: That's Primus, crazy, huh?
1: Dude, even if you ate all the mushrooms in California, you still wouldn't understand anything going on in a Primus song because it's just like abstract art and musical form. There's just randomness. But dude, he played that for me. And it's like when you hear it musically progress through the song, it's amazing. But taco flavored Doritos and an orange life vest are probably like the best lyrics pertaining to my fishing career i've ever had because it's just like i could just see it happening dude it's so great
0: oh yeah anyone that fishes can can envision that it's great man
1: dude i was laughing to tears when he played that for me i don't know why like the orange life vest is just like brought back memories i brought a non-fishing friend fishing one time and uh he asked for paper towels after he touched a fish and it was just like that's like one of those orange life vest experiences <laughs> so, <laughs> Rob's so face. Funny, dude. like what did you and this is a guy a racing friend who i've seen covered in grease doing like a rear end you know a gear swap covered in grease blowing his nose in his shirt and he's like Can i have a paper towel after touching a fish so anyways go listen to it it's called fish on by Primus and you'll be glad you did because it comes from the album called sailing the Seas of cheese so that gives you an idea of how outrageously ridiculous it is but that's fish, right on up is your fish on is the greatest song ever produced so we'll check it
0: out thank you man that's cool yeah. dude it's it's funny to see fishing get into just a uh, weird random mainstream stuff you know the uh how about did you guys see the Justin Herbert sign?
1: No, I don't know. Okay,
0: so Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the uh, L.A. Chargers, one of the top QBs in, in the NFL. I uh, did see it, yes. Yeah, and I can't remember who they were playing, but he had carved up the other team just like he usually does, and someone had a sign that said, you just got beat by the president of the whatever high school fishing club he was in when he was in high school. <laughs> he's got a picture yep. of him holding a carp, which is really weird. But... Oh, I did see that. Yeah, he's holding a carp. Like Whoever <laughs> yeah. made that
1: sign. Truly, as a fisherman, and looked deep to find him holding a trash fish. Right, it wouldn't be like it'd be less cool if he was holding like an eight pound largemouth, but like holding a, a eighteen inch carp is is much better for sure. I thought that was pretty funny. Dude. Yeah, dude. And so I jumped. So check out his name's Lars. Uh... No, um, Primus, uh, uh, Les Claypool. Check out his Instagram, dude. It's full. Like he's a just a diehard fisherman. Like every every that song is about sturgeon, but like he's bass. got salmon. He has bass, dude. Bass. Like and, and he's fried his brain on psychedelics or something because it's so weird. But then he's like holding you know a three or four pound largemouth in one picture and like so it's cool, man. Fishing is the universal. You know equalizer it really is and
0: uh yeah well alton's got a couple of stories too that um probably the ultimate example of that so we'll, we'll we'll save that for the interview but before we uh swing it over do you guys have anything else
1: oh man it's a great interview i'm excited for the listeners to hear it he's a total class act and i had no personal experience with him prior to this interview and i come away just impressed and what a cool dude he is
2: i agree 100 percent
0: awesome all right guys well uh here's alton jones one of the uh top bass fishermen on the planet he's a major league fishing bass pro tour angler um he's won just about their everything there is to win over the last couple to win over the last couple of years um really knowledgeable guy and uh, you guys look all right everybody we talked about him in the intro he's one of the uh top anglers on the planet uh just a great guy and we've been looking forward to talking to him alton jones jr what's going on uh, your way man what are you up to
3: Oh, not a lot. Uh just uh enjoying some time off, time at home, getting ready for the season. I'm I'm waiting on a boat right now. I'm 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 a pro bass fisherman that's boatless. So not not a whole lot of fishing. But um but man, just, just enjoying time with the family here over the holidays.
0: Did you guys go anywhere over the holiday or did you stick around home?
3: No, we stuck around home. Uh lucky for me, my wife's family, who was originally from Minnesota two years ago, moved to Waco. And then my family's obviously from Waco and that's where I live. So we uh were able to do Christmas all within like 15 miles of the house, which is, which is really nice when you hear about all the, especially all the travel nightmares around Christmas.
2: Uh, do, you guys, do they yeah, still do have you a place like- in Minnesota? They do not. They do uh-huh. not,
3: unfortunately. I, yeah. I miss it, though. I mean, it's I don't miss the winters. I've spent actually quite a few winters up there. Don't miss that, but I do miss the summers.
2: Gotcha.
0: Rob is so obsessed with Minnesota. You just say the M word, dude, and Rob just perks up and he starts <laughs> wanting to ask questions.
2: There's no better place to fish, in my opinion. It, except it's at Mexico. Hard to it's hard to
3: be. Just make sure you only throw one line at a time.
2: Yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> for
3: those that know about that, yeah,
0: yeah. Alton's actually banned from Minnesota now.
3: Yeah,
0: he's, uh, yeah. He's he's better hope we don't have any tournaments up there because he's lost, lost his fishing license That's- for Minnesota <laughs> for the next 20
2: years. That's pretty legit. That you, you uh, basically threw a zinger on yourself there. That was good. So yeah,
3: well, I've had so many thrown on me on social media over the years. You got to you got to throw a few at yourself to keep yourself yeah. ready.
2: That's good.
0: <laughs> That's good stuff, dude. How's the weather been over there in Texas, dude? Because uh, I don't know. It looks like it's been pretty raw. Like even if you did have a boat, I don't know if you'd want to be fishing right now, right? Yeah,
3: dude. It's been crazy. Um, we had a fairly warm winter all the way till. About the week before Christmas. And then winter decided it was it was here and with force. But it 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 lasted. It was probably the coldest snap besides when we had Red Crest canceled at Palestine. It's the coldest snap I've wow. seen in my lifetime. We had single digit temps uh, for a couple days. And then in the blink of an eye, it's back to like today. It's almost 80 degrees. I mean, it but uh I did fish two days ago, 80 degrees outside, but our water temps are still in the like upper 40s. So that tells you how. <laughs> wild our our weather has been um fishing was terrible I think the fish are in shock but um been, and, and another thing we just we have no water here right now I mean uh like our lake that's closest to my house like Waco is the lowest my dad has ever seen it and they've raised it seven feet in his lifetime so I mean you that that tells you like even at the old lake level which is normally seven foot lower than now it's lower than he'd ever seen it then and that's when kind of where he cut his teeth fishing so um, we, we've got several lakes around here. The ramps are closed and, and all that, so it, it kind of feels like you, you guys out, out west. We're, we're just we're just we're just watching our water go down and down and down. It's wild.
0: Man, and we've been underwater. I mean, and, and you're totally right. That's that's what we've been dealing with for basically our whole lives, it's getting worse and worse. But you know, luckily this month we've been underwater. We're watching. We've had some big systems move through. We're watching our lakes start to go up. But uh, Waco, that's interesting. Uh, you bring that lake up, dude. So I don't know if you remember. I fished that lake. I had to take some people on a on a glorified guide trip, like maybe six or seven years ago. And guys. Mm-hmm. I, at the time, I hardly knew Alton. Um, I think we'd only been fishing against each other for maybe a year at the time. And I sent him a text, and he gave me a couple of sweet waypoints. I was halfway through the day; we hadn't caught crap, and he gave me a couple of little waypoints. And I went and had an excellent guide trip, dude. But <laughs> how, how does that lake stack up? Or, or tell me some of the better lakes around the Dallas, Waco, Fort Worth area, because I think East Texas gets like all the mm. all the publicity. Um, and you don't hear being outside yeah. of Texas, you don't hear a lot about the lakes in the cities or around the cities. Where are some of yeah. the best lakes around, around town?
3: So, so Lake Waco is low on the totem pole. As far as good lakes, it's just convenient for me um, outside of the springtime and like early summer, when they get on first, get out on brush, you rarely see anything bigger than 20 pounds get caught, um, which is still a solid bag, but it, it's, it's a tough fishery. Um, however, we've got some really diverse fisheries, a lot closer to my house than you'd think. We've got a place called Lake Whitney, extremely rocky. Uh, it, it fishes kind of like Grand Lake with not as many docks and bigger fish. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a great That's place great. when it's on. It takes 30 pounds fairly regularly there. Oh um, kind of a hidden gem. It's just a little too small. It's like 17,000 acres, but I think it'd be a little too small for a pro level event. And then we've got another lake about 45 minutes south of my house called Stillhouse Hollow. And uh, it's near Fort Hood, clean for any military people out there. Uh, and we call it Little Amistad. And what's cool about it, it's crystal clear at times. You got 20 foot visibility, uh, hydrilla to 30 feet Jeez. <laughs> standing timber. Um, and it is it is a phenomenal fishery. It's probably one of the most polarizing. You either love it or hate it. Um, your days are either phenomenal or they're some of the worst you could ever experience. You know, just with that much grass, and that clear water and that deep water, they, they've got a lot of ways to get away from you. But um, but it's got probably the best big fish fishery in my area. You know, if you want to go catch a 10 pounder, that's the place to go. And, and I, I like a lot of people deer hunt through the off season. My big, I love to glide bait fish. And so that's where you can catch me. That's, I, I kind of treat glide bait fishing as my deer hunt. you know, I'm hunting for the one. And so I'm always down there uh, doing that interesting
0: well let's talk about that a little bit because that was my next question is because i know that you got this affinity for big baits um and i was like well that's got to be the place just hearing you talk about it so how many uh what's the biggest fish you've caught on a glide bait
3: uh right about 10 pounds uh i didn't weigh her but i mean she's somewhere in the nine and a half to ten and a half pound range um <clears throat> but i've caught a caught a lot of like seven to eight pounders I've, I've always told myself you're gonna catch a share lunker you're gonna catch a lunker and if you're gonna do it you might as well do it a stylish way on a glide bait right yeah i try to not keep an alabama rig in my boat because you know through the winter time if you have one you end up throwing it all day um but you know it's 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 just addicting man like even on the days where i don't you know i only catch one on it or i you know catch two uh in that clear water dude the amount of draw that those baits have and the action you see you can be not getting bit but you're seeing like 30 pound bags and it just keeps you casting and keeps you casting and so um it's really just an addiction and it, and it not only cost me a lot of time it cost me a lot of money because those baits are not cheap and my wallet takes a pounding for it
0: <laughs> how much have you spent like how many how many high dollar glide baits do you have
3: um Right now, I probably have about fifteen, okay, maybe twenty. But uh, the problem is, is like, I'll I'll give you an example. Some of my favorites are uh, like Piz Customs, or they're not, Piz, they're they're Piz swimbaits now. It used to be Piz Customs, like they're Shadley, the the jointed one. You can't find them anymore. Like they do limited drops; they're super hard to get. The only ones I don't, I've lost two of them out there. I've broken them off, and uh, the only ones I can find right now on eBay are like seven hundred bucks a piece. Of course, <laughs> no way I'm spending that. But um, you know, those are those are those are the ones that break your heart when you when you when you know there's two of them sitting out there on the bottom of the lake and you just can't get another one.
1: Uh, Well, dude, I see two large cardboard rectangles behind (laughs) your bed, so you should just take those to one of your local credit unions and you can just have a heyday on eBay.
3: Believe it or not, won't let me cash these. They just you know they they said I need to find a bigger bank, just like uh... hey. We'll get into I stories. actually put those there. This is this used to be my office. We've converted it into a spare bedroom now, and that's just covering a bunch of junk is actually that's not where they belong. It's just there's a bunch of crap on the ground down there. So that that's, they're blocking did, all that.
1: That's when you've arrived when you use enormous checks of high value <laughs> to cover junk. You've officially <laughs> made it, sir. <laughs> that's, believe it or
3: not, that's just four tanks of diesel in this day and age. <laughs> Seriously, right? <laughs> what are you
0: true. guys paying for uh gas in Texas right now?
3: It's come down quite a bit. Uh, gas is right around two seventy nine to three bucks, depending on where you buy it. Nice. And, uh, diesel is like three eighty.
0: Oh wow, so diesel's I'm, gone down too. Actually, that's yeah. Yeah. So Thank God.
3: I mean, it's amazing that I'm excited when I see three eighty now. I'm <laughs> um, like, man, we're, we're very sick. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and and your fantasy. Fo- thank God you had a good year fishing, dude. Because your fantasy football team wasn't going to win you any money this year either, was it? What are you
3: talking about? I finished second in the league. Y'all are just all y'all are upset hey. that the first team in the won the money.
0: You just had a good schedule. That's all, man.
3: Did, yeah. No, no I'm hey, just kidding. Dude, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not going to take any credit. I mean, but uh I'll, I'll tell you what. It, it did feel good. I, you know, I've always been kind of halfway in, halfway out on fantasy. But winning just a little bit of money makes me want to i can't wait for next year that's all i can say nice that's cool full hey. team, so
0: so you guys decided to do a, the split on the money
3: uh no we did 70 30 so i okay. think wiggins got the big pot
0: he's but, won some uh, dang money this year too that uh, lucky no sucker. Kidding.
3: no kidding so i think it just it just kind of goes in, in in the way if you're if you're doing well in fantasy you're doing well in fishing
0: yeah yeah i mean the one year that i won the championship was 2018. And that was my best fishing year too, by far. So (laughs) I think it just does roll like that.
3: More time into fantasy equals more fish. That's how, Uh that's how it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, um, your earlier days in fishing because so, so these lakes that you talked about, are those the lakes that you kind of cut your teeth fishing on?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, from a local standpoint, yes. But, um, as I grew up, uh, I spent a lot of my time, this is going to sound crazy, at Falcon and Amistad. They're six hours from my house. Um, but my dad was so obsessed with those lakes back in the day uh, that he'd keep our motor home down there. So I basically had a free place to stay. So oh, anytime, wow. uh, anytime through high school or into college, if I had a three-day weekend or sometimes even a two-day weekend, I was getting in the truck as soon as class was over, headed south. And uh, we had they had a Southern Division of Bass Champs, which in our... And where we live, that's kind of the, the, the pinnacle of team fishing. Um, and they had a Southern division and it was just Falcon, Amistad, Falcon, Amistad, Falcon, Amistad. And so, um, I mean, what an excuse to drive six hours, right? I mean, the, 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 the number of fish and, and the lakes that they were in their heyday, which they're, they're nothing like that anymore. They're about dry. Um, I was just, I was addicted. We were probably spending 40, 50 days a year on those lakes. Wow. Uh, oh.
0: Nick can and, attest to uh, yeah how Falcon has faded a little bit. He he had a, a pretty rough <laughs> trip there a couple uh, a couple years ago, but uh, yeah. dude, so Almustad because tapered off
3: first, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were there were some things nobody really knows. There was definitely a fish kill. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, I've heard I've heard the bass virus. I've heard some some other stuff of of, of a mine getting. Like some, some type of of mine leaking a bunch of like chemicals from the mexico side that was way up the rio grande flowing in huh. um causing a fish kill uh which which would make a little bit of sense because the only place that uh ended up having life was like the devil's riverside um which if it came down the rio grande that would make sense uh but it it has come back a little bit but but it's all a bunch of speculation as to what happened i mean it 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 because it was a, a a light just overnight you flip a switch it went from taking big bags to like you can't catch a limit and so whatever whatever it was that killed those fish was was something some lethal <laughs>
2: yeah, some do serious.
3: you have any
0: memorable fish catches from either of those lakes or like just epic days that were that stand out i'm sure there are yeah a
3: million. yeah there there's a bunch um you know i can I can remember one time. Uh, it was the the only time I've ever been a part of a fifty pound bag uh, between with my dad and I uh, catching them cranking, and we had, we had a, and uh, my dad i i hung a, i hung in a tree right, and I'm just like, like completely in his way. And I can remember we've caught like three over ten already, like back to back to back, and he hangs. <laughs> and to the day he still talks about this by the way he still jabs at me for it he hangs this fish and here i am i'm like 16 years old i'm just back in his way i'm (laughs) um, not really getting out of his way because i'm ready to catch the next one and this fish like goes around my line and takes him into a tree and Uh, after this fish jumped he like swears it was a 13 or 14 pounder and of course it's my fault when it breaks him off because it's wrapped around my line and i'm in the way um so, you know, having a place that and and the craziest thing is, so we, this became the name the 50 pound hole. Uh, this spot you could fish it in the morning. We had like a a, a month where this spot was on. You could fish it in the morning, you'd never catch a fish. You come in the last hour of daylight, <laughs> you catch 50 pounds, and it happened wow. like like seven or eight times in a row. <laughs> wow. So it became the name the 50 pound hole. And um decent you know that that i mean i'll just never beat that that'll never happen on any other like in the rest of my life what was it was
1: it just like a deep cranking spot where there's like a rock on a deep point or like how did it, that magic it was, happen
3: it was a giant slab of rock um it, it's all natural but uh it was a place actually the first time we ever went to falcon it was really really low um we are going by this place and my dad marks it and says hey that when the light comes up that's going to be good it's really nothing crazy like if you idled across it you might see a couple pieces of rubble but it's literally just giant slab rock and uh it's in the middle of, and there's a big area of trees and there's one bare spot so that, that's what makes uh, it so tricky is like and i tell you he's getting hung in the tree we're, we're cranking a bare spot in the middle of a forest um, uh, and so uh that that's what that's what that was and uh, cool. it, it, it was something special and and now if you You can't even get a boat with inside of it now it's so low but uh, looking back one more story is uh the second pass champs i ever won my buddy david ridley and i it was like a march tournament and we didn't practice for it didn't didn't do any of the prep work you should have done we drive down there kind of expecting it to be i mean march you're thinking like shallow flipping spawn whatever we ended up cranking up like 40, almost 40 pounds, like 39 and a half pounds and winning a tournament there with a, with uh, we had two 10 pounders that day. And it was just, I mean, I could go into more detail, but it's just a big fish fest. And like the, the, the number of days we had where we were like, did you catch them today? No, we only had 30 pounds. That's you know, insane. They amazing. And, absolutely and that, insane. That, that, that sounds, that sounds stuck up, but that's, that's how good it was. Yeah. We, we, we never had, we never caught one over eight. We never caught a big one, you know, it's just, just wild. Yeah. I mean, it, you hear I
0: don't know, maybe it, it's all about water level, especially mm-hmm. on these these desert or western style lakes, right? So like yeah. in Texas a lot of, a lot of it's the same. I mean, yeah. you never know, but, you know, maybe something miraculous will happen on in in some of these regions and and we'll get the water to come up again and, and the right stars will align for fishing mm-hmm. like that to come back. Right now yeah. it seems pretty grim. You know, yeah. you hear about the uh i know almost used to have a lot of hydrilla and uh apparently that
3: really took a, a beating too right and is that that's a big factor um, isn't it i i mean i haven't been and this is just through the grapevine but i believe it's back now oh wow uh, so I, I think the numbers at almost are good you're just not catching the sheer number of five to ten pounders that you used to uh but yeah you said it it's it's literally instant bass you just have to add water uh-huh. you know, yeah. you look at what like oh o- o- Ivy did I mean, OH IV, when I was growing up, there was a big fish or two caught. Um, but when it got low, I mean, I fished it a bunch of times. And I mean, it's terrible. It's worthless. And and you add water, give it two or three spawns, five spawns like they had at Ivy, and all of a sudden it's the best big bass factory in the world. And the same thing will have to happen with Falcon and Amistad, but it takes a miracle of a hurricane or a rainstorm to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, I know the the recipe out here is like you get some rain, and then you get snow in the mountains, and then you get more rain in the spring. You mm-hmm. know, it it that can bring up a lake fifty feet out here. But yeah, I don't know what it takes out there. It's 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 real different, man.
3: It, yeah, it's it, I mean, there's a little bit of snowfall that'll come down the Rio Grande from New Mexico, but the majority of it it's you got to have a hurricane and usually it has to come across the west coast or like like across the baja and come all the way across mexico and kind of stall out in the right spot
0: you're talking about a legit hurricane
3: yeah legit hurricane like that crazy dude the year the year that falcon and amistad they they both went like 15 feet above full pool like they're worried about it like uncontrolled spilling over the dam um it was back-to-back hurricanes within like three weeks apart and they both stalled in the perfect spot and uh I mean, it was, I mean, it's, it's like a disastrous level event. Like that's how much water it takes. Dude,
0: that's crazy. I didn't realize that that was like kind of what, what Mm -hmm. happened before the the amazing fishing. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Not Mm. to turn this into a depressing weather channel special on climate change, but it seems like it's kind of feast or famine these days. So it's like, we'll keep our fingers crossed that you get one or two of those. So those Texas fisheries can come back to life. You know, it's like, Look at california right i mean they've been on fire for how many years and now this fall and winter it seems like they've been getting good moisture so let mm-hmm. just keep our fingers crossed that uh you know a hurricane just goes over there and parts it'll happen
3: at jump. some point yeah it does that's how it always goes you go from all you need is water and then you can't get it to stop raining it all happens like in that. like
1: two months right yeah. yeah so we'll keep our fingers crossed because i've been to falcon a couple times and i've had the luxury of watching other people around me just have the time of their lives and i was kind of like in in a talladega nights when uh ricky bobby's friend just wants to hold his wife's hair that's kind of how i always felt too it's like (laughs) i'll just hold your hair and support you while you have the time of your life great no i'm not jealous at all why do you ask
0: (laughs) yeah he's been in a falcon three times yeah Yeah, and i
1: caught one falcon bass and it weighed four pounds but no yeah, kidding it's been, yeah it's pretty well, now, now there's literally
3: like it's just a river channel there's like one place one or two places that you even catch fish like really? it's, I, I wouldn't even recognize it it's been it's been five yeah. six years since I've even it's seen a
1: heartbreaker them. man it's just mm-hmm. you know but it'll come back it always
0: does yep interesting so dude you were doing obviously a lot of team tournaments did you fish uh in college
3: i did a little bit um as you can see I've got a Baylor shirt on here i went yeah, to Baylor um and you know, college fishing was a big deal when I was in school. However, college fishing at Baylor not so much a big thing. They had a team, um, right? As I got there, the former president had left, and there just really wasn't a group of guys that was taking it seriously. So, in um, Baylor, there there were some there were some some schools where, like, if you went and fish one of those National Guard events, you win. $20,000 in a college event and you get that $20,000 or the club gets access to that. That wasn't really how it, how it worked at Baylor. And so that was one of the reasons that I only fished a few college events. Another reason is my academics in my freshman year were not great. And I was not able to fish my sophomore year. And at that point, um, I ended up graduating from Baylor, by the way, by some miracle, but nice. uh, I ended up just kind of focusing bass champs, Texas team trail, all of that, just, just, where I was at that time was the best route for me. Um, but Baylor now has a has a pretty good fishing team, some kids that are serious about it. And it's been fun watching watching them, you know, uh just kind of be hungry for the sport. And so I've been been able to talk to them about it and mentor them a little bit and fish with them. That's cool. Yeah,
0: I would say just the amount of I would I would bet that the amount of tournament fishing and fishing experience you had by the time you made it onto the elites was probably as much as anybody else or more, you know, just yeah. you didn't really have the college fishing, which the college fishing is great. I, I really think it's f- fantastic. It's a great opportunity for these these young fishermen to get to travel and network. And I mean, there's so many advantages, but dude, mm-hmm. you, you, you cut your teeth out there on the water in your own way, so that's pretty cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I mean, college fishing, I'd always tell people, no, no doubt the best way to get your name out there, to do networking, just to kind of get your feet into the industry. Uh, but for me, I came from a whole lot different background than most other people did. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of the, the, the cards I was dealt, which was a really great hand, but college fishing just wasn't, wasn't for me. Um, but, yeah, as far as the background I got traveling around, I was homeschooled. I mean, I went to every single FLW and elite event that my dad fished from the time I was six till when I was 18. And I practiced with him. It's amazing. Daylight to dark. I mean, starting when I was old enough, you know, about 11, 12 years old. It uh, didn't matter what the conditions were, where we were. I was out there with him. My mom was homeschooling me at night, and so you know, if anybody knows my dad, he's like, uh, on a personal level. He he doesn't catch fish in practice. Like he he sets the hook less in practice than anybody I've ever met. Interesting. And so here I am at thirteen years old in the back of the boat flipping without a hook. That's just that's just the life I knew. Like catching a fish was like, Oh, Hey, I got a bite. That was catching one for me. And so like, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of got the, the, uh, I got to see the the ugly side of it, you know, the, the grind side of it. That was, that was the part of professional bass fishing I, I knew. And so um, I think I had a, I had a different, a different look at it coming into it than most people. So um, I kind of knew, knew a little bit more what I was getting into. However, once I get there, then you realize just how cutthroat it is and how how difficult it is. I mean, you never can be prepared for that until you take your beating um, from all these guys. But uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a better teacher.
0: He And he is such a good teacher. He's such a, a great guy. And he's, you know, just watching him when he fishes, He he's explaining things like most people don't do, you know, yeah. whether you're watching him on live or, or whatever. And uh, was it the same way when you were in the boat with him? I mean, did he – I'm sure uh, he had to have had a similar process just teaching yeah, you, right?
2: Yeah,
3: definitely. I mean, it's a little different when, you know, when the cameras are on or off, you know, and, and, and as far as that teaching aspect, but he was definitely, uh, I mean, taught me so much over the years and, and was really good at explaining what, why um, and just the process of finding fish. Um, and, you know, if there's if there's one thing I've taken taken from him, and I'm not near as good at it as he is, but he's like incredibly methodical. Like, if the, he's one of the top three guys, I don't want to fish behind, you know, because you can. Who are the sh- other ones?
0: Who are the other ones? Faircloth?
3: Believe it or not, Faircloth, Faircloth would be up there. Mike McClelland back in the day. I mean, dude, the guy, he was a, he was a vacuum. I fished his co him a couple times. Oh,
0: yeah, so you've that, seen that firsthand. I've
3: seen it. I mean, and there is nothing left behind. And, I mean, wow. in, in, the, in, the, in, the right, in a good type of way. But, I mean, they, he is the one of the most methodical people. And that was when uh, I actually fished with him at Clarks Hill uh, when he was, like, winning one every year at oh, that wow. time. And uh, incredibly methodical. So, that's that's just one that sticks out to me. Uh, I don't know, dude. There's, there's a lot of them that I wouldn't want really to fish behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just turn around, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Right on. Uh, dude, so uh, – and just one more thing on your dad because, uh, you know, he – And we we need to get him on sometime, too. But you brought up, uh, you know, uh, one of the former presidents. He's fished with President Bush, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, he has. So um, he used to be a crappie guide here locally. And back when George Bush was the governor, he hired my dad for a crappie guide trip. And so that kind of got him in the door, got him to know him. Uh, Fast forward. I don't know how many years it was 15, 20 years. My dad wins the Bassmaster Classic um, and he gets a phone call and it's president Bush. Um, and he, so he lives like his ranch is about 20 minutes from my house. So that's, that's kind of how, where, where he is regionally. It's president Bush. And he, it was while he was in office, he's like, Hey, would you, would you and your family like to come to the white house? I'd love to congratulate you. So we actually got to go to the white house, meet him in the oval office for about an hour Dude, that's crazy. Um which was, which was a just a super, super cool experience. Um, and uh, so, and then fast forward, I guess this is probably four years ago now. Um, we get a phone call and, and he wants a fishing lesson on his ranch. Obviously he's not the president anymore at this time. So my dad and I, we go out and we use our Garmin GPSs and we actually map his lake for him. Nice. Uh, so he's got, he's got his own and we get him a Garmin, a little, little echo. Map draw, baby. And, yeah. And uh, we get him. Get him a Garmin set up on his boat, which is called Bass Force One, by, by the way. <laughs> and uh, it looks just like Air Force One. <laughs> and uh, so we, we get it all mapped out for him. And then we we ended up taking him fishing on, on his own little, he's got like a five acre lake. And uh, it's pretty healthily stocked, I'll say that. So getting to spend a day, it was just me and my dad, President Bush on the water. And of course, like a handful of Secret Service with firearms and snipers and whatever else. I'm standing on the bank watching us. Um, but we spent like four hours in the boat with him and it was, it was everything you would think it is, it would be, I mean, all politics aside, dude, he is like one of the most nice down to earth, easy to talk to people you could ever imagine. And it was, it was, it was a special day. Wow. So
0: just like fishing with any other guy, huh?
3: Yeah. I what mean, mean just, just cutting up super sarcastic, witty, funny. Um, and, uh, he like early in the morning, uh he set the he he threw his bait up and it kind of landed in some cattails and he set the hook and it came back and, and like domed me right in the head. And so I it was early enough for I didn't have my glasses on. I was like, if I didn't turn my head, I would have lost my eye to President Bush. I was like, could you imagine that story? So Oh my God, dude. But uh but yeah, super, super good dude. Awesome guy. That's pretty neat,
0: man. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you can't top that one. I was going to ask if you fished Mm -hmm. with any other athletes or celebrities, but golly, dude, uh president. Yeah. Anyone else though, dude? I got to ask anyways.
3: Uh, you know, I fished with, uh, uh, Patrick Willis. Um, he's a middle linebacker. He'll probably be a hall of famer, like an eight time pro bowler from the 49ers. Uh, Jordan Shipley and Colt McCoy. Um, Nice. And
0: uh is Colt cool because he's uh he's the Cardinals backup these days.
3: Yeah, he's super awesome guy. Like incredibly down to earth, loves to fish. So if you ever want if you ever want a connection there, yeah. um if you ever, if you if you ever I'll, I'll I'll text him if you ever want to go fishing with him. I'm sure he'd love to if, when he's in the area.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, they uh they're not gonna be in the playoffs, that's for sure. So we might have <laughs> some extra time this year, man. <laughs> that's cool that's that's cool to hear and that's that's an awesome story about fishing with uh president bush man that's awesome um, good
1: thing you weren't punching like deep mats or something with announcing a half tungsten oh, I, I,
3: i'm very lucky it was <laughs> only a three eighths. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. yeah, well hey we don't want to take too too much of your time so let's let's fast forward it um to just this year that you had man it you're definitely within the last few years you know you've always been good but you've man you've come into your own as one of the top fishermen in the country you know one of the last guys anyone wants to be fishing against and uh it's really shown in your results man and this year you won lake fork and then at heavy hitters you know the, the two cardboard rectangles nick's talking about behind out and he's got his his big fish checks of 50 grand and 100 grand um from just the one heavy hitters tournament so a huge year man what do you like attribute this 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 you know awesome success to
3: dude you know i I, i've been asked that a million times and um i I really don't know you know this year i put i put a lot of effort in uh pre-practicing events more than i ever have you know um i think i pre-practiced like four of the seven which for me it's not something I, i really do all that often um so just a little bit of extra effort you know Hanging around some of the guys like Wheeler and Jordan, seeing the effort that they put in, and realizing how big of a gap there is.
0: People don't um, understand that, you know. And I even really didn't, wrong. you know, at first. But yeah.
3: and and that that push pushes me, um, you know, because because when I when I talk to guys, especially like Wheeler, I realize how far I have to go. Like I, I just it, it it actually makes me feel like I shouldn't even be a pro when I talk to them sometimes. <laughs> um, but you know, just just hanging around some guys that'll that'll push me to be better, um, make me hungrier, and you know, for, there's not like one specific thing I can point to. Um, you know, like I looked at my win at Lake Fork. The stars had to line up. I didn't do anything super special. Um, it was just my time. Um, but you you know, I, I the wins were like a dream come true. But uh, the consistency is probably as an angler what I'm most proud of. You know because i think that's the hardest thing to do in the sport like if you can just make yourself consistency the wins will come um so you know i just i mean and, and and again like forward-facing sonar i mean i've been running it for like seven years now but just every day i get more and more amazed at the capabilities of it how shallow you can and just like it's not just throwing an alabama rig suspended fish like it's so much deeper than that um and i i think You know becoming very good at it at shallow water has been um one of my big keys to success you know over the past two to three years
0: that's really interesting man and fork it was a huge factor fishing around those stumps man were you Mm -hmm. were you shining that thing towards the you for casting your crankbait at
3: yeah absolutely i mean uh i watched i mean i'm fishing like the top of the lip of where i was fishing was about three foot the bottom of the drain was six to seven depending on where i was um, and even in that shallow I mean I could, I could see which stumps had fish on them um and and the stumps weren't were good stumps because of how they were positioned on the brakes how gnarly the 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 cut bank was and how gnarly the root system was and so I could I could see all that where as if I didn't have forward-facing sonar I'm just kind of guessing you know uh, <clears throat> so I mean I could I could tell you which stumps were going to be the good ones um before I ever threw at them and how
0: and, many repeated and, oh. casts would you make to a stump when you knew it had fish on
3: it uh, sometimes 15 Uh um, yeah and and so the craziest thing so this would have been uh the knockout round when it was when it was when we had to cut it short because of the uh, freezing rain there was one stump it was just beautiful perfect setup on an outside bend and had a good like cut on the on the on the channel swing on it and I'm fishing it going in and I make Five, six, seven cast at this one stump. I, I feel like I can see some fish, but it's it's so shallow, I'm having trouble. Um, don't get a bite. So I go on in, I come back, and and it's almost to the back of the channel. So I, I basically fish another 50 feet and I turn the boat around. And I'm coming back to the same stump. Just fishing it from a different angle, all is all it is. Angle is the only thing that changed. I caught five in a row, all That's of crazy. them over four pounds off of that one stump. And it is, it's literally this deep. And I mean, you would have thought I was on a on a Tennessee River bar the way. Yeah, way caught twenty pounds, dude twenty five pounds. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, caught, caught caught over twenty pounds in six minutes in forty four degree water. It was just the most amazing thing. Yeah, dude,
0: <laughs> I learned so much at that tournament, and you know, I. uh, I had a real mediocre tournament myself. I ended up finishing like barely missing the cut, and it was because of a bunch of lost fish. Uh, Boo hoo! But uh, anyways, uh, just what I learned was was really when I was sitting in the warm house watching you guys freeze those last two days, especially that day that they cut short. Um, dude, how how you could how many bass you could still catch in water that frigid? You're talking about yeah. some of the most pressured florida strain bass in the country and uh they still bit now it was real specific if you had yeah. if you weren't doing the right thing you'd go out there and blank but mm-hmm. um it just like you know it, it i talked about it, i think on the podcast uh before from right after that tournament but if we had those weather conditions on the first day of practice which it wasn't that different i guess in my head i would have been telling myself dude, you can't catch a bass today, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be horrible and really yeah. had a bad attitude all day. Yeah. Um, and probably not fish to my capabilities knowing that, Hey, we're fishing for Florida strain bass. It's 30 degrees out here. The water temp is 44, like you ain't going to catch nothing. So, you know, it, you're you not even going to try as hard. And then to watch you guys, just uh, there are a, a handful of you guys that slaughtered them the last couple of days on reaction baits, nonetheless, dude, so yeah. it was pretty crazy.
3: The wildest part about that, too, is like, uh, so I mean, with Lake Fork being down, I think it actually made our tournament better. So, you know, we were six feet low. Yes, it um, did.
0: <clears throat>
3: and it, it it kept those fish kind of like, I, I mean, I it to like shooting them in a barrel. Like they had nowhere to go except those specific drains. And then when you add that cold front in um, any fish that were meandering on the flat when it was 50 something degree water temp, they're going to get sucked right to that drain. Um, and so. The craziest thing is like, you think it's this cold. I've got to drag a jig. I've got to pitch a drop shot around these stumps. I could not get bit flipping for the life of me. And I think there was just like, we talk about like the groups of fish that were on these little specific corners and stumps. And I think a reaction bite, there was just so many there. That was the only thing that I could get it to, uh, I could get them to trigger on, you know, when I, like I'm throwing a square bill and it, I'm not reeling it all that slow. You know you I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of banging it off of stuff and and I, I initially started with a flat side and I couldn't get bit because I had to you know with the flat side it's so hangy um you can't you can't really reel it around you can't bang it off of stuff you bang it off of something you're hung and um so when I switched to the square bill it was it was it was incredible and and when we went out that final day I told myself I don't remember exactly what it was but I told myself that the water's like sub 45 I'm probably like I'm 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 done. You know, there's no way. And I put my trolling motor in the water, and it's like 43. And I'm like, great. You know, hey, I had a great day yesterday, but I'm about to finish tenth. And that's what I told everybody. They were like, you're gonna win. I said, I'm gonna either win it or I'm gonna finish tenth. There's gonna be no in between. And like the first key stuff I come to, I catch a three and a six back to back. And I'm like, I was just amazed. Like, I I don't know why they were still biting, but they were.
0: Yeah, yeah. Pretty. And you make a great point about just the. Th- those were the the perfect conditions to know right where the fish were at. You could pull mm-hmm. into a Creek and say, that's where they're at, you know? And like you said, with live scope, you could see the key stumps, but just the triggering aspect, man, big props to you for going through that progression and finding that square bill. because, uh, yeah, I mean, I know in my head when it was warmer, I was crawling a big spinner bait through the, through the mm-hmm. stumps and getting bit pretty good. And then, uh, you know, the jig was fair, but never in a million years would I have been you know cranking that stuff and 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 for for anyone that didn't see the tournament if you just look at how thick the stumps were you just don't think about a crankbait it was just Mm i mean you look at it and it's like where do you even cast this crankbait like Mm -hmm. literally you'd have to find lanes to actually make your cast and and finesse it through those trees bang it through those trees so pretty interesting pattern man was anyone else in the top 10 cranking
3: I don't think so. I think there were quite a few guys in the knockout round that actually caught some cranking in that same zone I was in, in the back of that same creek. Um, but I think, I think for the most part, they got, they got scared away um, from the cold weather. Um, so, you know, where, where I started um, during the knockout round, I was sandwiched between Poche and Andy Montgomery. And, I can see
0: you guys back there. I was halfway back in the creek. Oh yeah, there you go. And, but, but I mean, they no didn't,
3: they were stuck flipping. They were just stuck in their ways of flipping. And um, you know, it was just one of those that tells you how how picky those fish were. Um, and I think they both caught like one or two apiece. Um, where mm. they where they just wanted the crankbait. You know, you said you were slow rolling a spinnerbait. That's exactly what I did all the practice and all the first two days of the tournament until I kind of developed that uh crankbait bite. It was definitely the way to get a big bite, and it's my favorite, like
0: oh yeah, big spinner
3: bite, dude, is nothing better. Absolutely. And I caught an eight fourteen on day one doing it. And it was just like that bites one that is just ingrained in my memory.
0: Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You'll always remember that feel when he ate it, huh?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, the line just gets cut. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. <laughs> How cool. Well, Hey, uh, we've had you for about 45. Um, you guys have anything else for Alan before we, uh, ask maybe last question or two and let him roll
2: now dude, you did a great job uh you covered everything that was good
1: all I feel like is we're just talking to either Parker or Emma Bertrand in the, about 12 years into the future hearing out and talk about fishing with his dad dude it's like oh this is like <laughs> the next generation of Bertrand offspring right here dude, like, that's a dream scenario but like Jones it, Jr is yeah. here. nah it is dude it's just so cool man obviously I'd never met you before this and I, I I've watched you just like all your other fans and enjoyed seeing you be successful and uh it's cool man it's all congratulations to you and it's it's just neat to see like what a prodigy you are but yet you're your own you know individual doing your thing and and figuring out stuff like josh and you just talked about but i don't know it's just cool man i i'm old nostalgic i guess now it's cool to see like those things materializing and uh, you've got such a bright future ahead of you and uh it's it's gonna be awesome man Thank
3: you. Man, I appreciate awesome. it. I appreciate it. I'm just trying to ride the train as long as I can. Cause I know this is a, this is a roller coaster sport and it's been pretty high for the past couple of years. So we're just, we're just bracing for impact. When, nice. <laughs> when well, that I humility.
1: Yeah, man. Well, that humility will keep you going. So that's what's up.
0: That's it. Well said, Nick. And I mean, I'm sure anyone listening can tell, but he's just, dude, he's just one of the coolest dudes out there. Just one of the, one of the coolest, most down to earth laid back dudes out there. So uh, yeah, you're easy to root for Alton. Um, yeah. Thanks, Josh. Josh. For sure. Lot, dude. You too. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, yeah, thanks much, man. Um, hope you, uh, hope you continue to feel better and uh, good luck next week. You said you're going to Florida to fish. Don't yeah worry. i'm
3: going going deep sea fishing so i'm uh i just got a prescription for the dramamine patches because i get seasick like no other and uh i dude, don't know talk, what we're fishing for but
1: where are you going out of i i know that area decently so what's uh, your duck, area? Duck key. okay nice a dude Ducky, and then
3: so yeah flying down uh sunday fishing monday tuesday and flying back wednesday so wow. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked
1: enjoy it man it's been a handful of years since i've been down there i have one of my through his best friends winters in Key West and uh okay. every year I threaten to come see him but I haven't done it yet. you'll have you ever been do you know that area at all have you ever been uh,
3: I've been to Key West but I, I was like 12 years old so yeah. so the answer is no you know cool. usually usually Okeechobee's as far south as I go in <laughs> yeah
1: <Florida. laughs> nice now well, it'll be a, it'll be an awesome time let's know how
3: it goes all right right, will do thank you guys for having me on it means a lot hey likewise you, man. man
0: we'll uh, we'll see you soon thanks again Alton appreciate it yeah, man, man.
3: See, see you guys here. see ya.